Warm welcome and welcome back at Feeling Terrific. So you already know what uh, I'm going to say now. I'm very thankful that I have another special guest uh, today with me. It's uh, Jennifer. So thank you for taking the time, Jennifer. And I'm also very grateful that you are open to have the conversation in English. Thank, <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you too for the invitation, Christian. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and so looking forward what we're going to talk about. So just, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. And uh, as uh, you um, yeah, know, um, as of now, there won't be um, kind of a script. There are no questions prepared. So it's um, like another chat with a great person. So um, let's dig right into it. Although we don't have an agenda, kind of, um, I'm going to start with um, a first comment of myself. So, um, you know, we, we met um, earlier, I think, two, one or two years ago. Um, in a yeah, re recruitment process. And um, I think it was kind of um, stuck between us then. Um, we chatted sometimes um, on LinkedIn and so forth. And uh, I'm very, yeah, also thankful that we have, um, yeah, kept the, the relationship um, kind of thing because uh, now we have the conversation today. And sometimes um, it's great to have a coffee because based on the coffee, we have now the conversation today in the podcast in English. So, Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone and for taking the time. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Yes. So it's okay to do to do it in English. And yes, I'm also very, very grateful that we met a few years ago. I think it was already a few years ago. But I, yeah, it's often for me when I meet um, other recruiters and I really see potential or when they have a really cool recruiting mindset, I always want to stay in touch. So for me, it's really, really cool that we're still connected and that we have now the chance to meet in person a few weeks ago and um, that we also share the same passion, right, for podcasts. <laughs> that's true. And that's um, another thing I wanted to discuss with you about. But uh, first, I would like to say, um, luckily, uh, when we met in Munich, um, it was uh, snowing because otherwise you would have seen the sweat <laughs> before <laughs> meeting you. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. I felt so much pressure. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, no it, it it went totally fine. It went totally fine. I survived, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but so um, well, it went well for our very very casual meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th uh, that's true. But coming back to to a very good point, uh, what you've already mentioned, right? Doing a podcast. So as uh, you might uh, might know or don't might know, um, Jennifer is also having um, a podcast. Um, maybe you give a little bit of uh, intro, Jennifer. Yeah, 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 for sure. So um, maybe a little bit, uh, I had a different way or reason or initial reason why I started this podcast. So it's not about recruiting, even when I'm working in the same field. Um, I wanted to do something which is strongly connected to my really like, like uh, yeah, I would say passion, which is outside of recruiting, which is philosophy. So a few of, of you who might know me know that I'm, yeah, I'm a philosopher in and out, and I really love to spend my time on these things because I think that every step in life is always also a philo philosophical step. But this, um, yeah, but the science is so abstract sometimes and so hard to catch and hard to translate into your daily life that I thought it would be really nice to have someone explaining these kind of stuff or maybe making it more approachable or, um, yes, somehow um, something you can 
or more feasible as well. So something you can really connect with. And that's the reason why I started this podcast about philosophy. It's called A Life of Jen, Echt und Nah. So in English translated is like um, close and real, real and close. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, that was the initial idea of the podcast. Yeah. And um, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, or you just also mentioned it kind of, um, the purpose why you created it or why you started it is, started it is because um, yeah, making it um, approachable to people who are not dealing with philosophy day in and day out, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because, um, yeah, I think it was, yeah, centuries ago when, I don't know, most of you might know Aristoteles or Socrates. And what they did hundreds of thousands of years ago was discussing with people the important uh, questions in the world. And it kind of got lost, this kind of science, this kind of way of doing things. And yes, we have um, social media platforms, we, we're discussing things on that, but it's often, it often turns into opinions or you like, or you um, get into a fight or something, but being philosophical is like, you can imagine it's like green grass and you can build and start an idea from scratch and philosophy gives you tools to discuss it in a very scientific maybe way, but also in a, yeah, in a, in a way where you can find a common base to talk about it and not like getting into a fight, for example. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I just uh, opened it um, again. So um, there are really good, um, yeah, good, good um, episodes uh, on it. And um, I mean, probably I, I won't tune in for Hegel and, and whatsoever, but uh, for the more practical um, kind of kind of episodes, right? For example, one is regarding emotional hygiene, how you um, yeah, deal with it or what it what is it in, in basically in um yeah in a crisis and in, in a daily life right um i think emotional hygiene um yeah maybe, maybe you can you can give us a, a short uh, intro to that yeah yeah 100 and unfortunately that's what i wanted to say it's in german or maybe fortunate depends on where you come from <laughs> but, but, but you know jennifer that's a good thing because then other people might be um, having a reason to learn german hmm, yeah going out of the comfort zone again it's a uh, you know <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> yeah, um, this my episode about emotional hygiene. This is something um, I already read in a few books, and I think I also made a reference to a book I read about this topic because I think that um, it's about um, I don't know. It's about emotional backpack backpacking. It's also a book from a German um, psychologist who tell give or, or gave a kind of method how to yeah like clean you up in an emotional way so to speak because uh, hundreds of years ago before we had yeah the medical techniques to detect maybe viruses or something like that um there was there was no one aware that it was needed to wash your hands for example day in day out so that you can yeah avoid these kind of diseases or sickness or something and She's um, the psychologist I, I'm talking about in this episode is also kind of approaching us or has a similar approach to emotions. So if you don't do regular things on a regular basis and uh, um, maybe establish um, our, a daily routine about how you're cleaning up your emotions, kind of, it's at some point in your life, it will, will, will be an emotion overload, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And 
ruin everything because there there must be just one or two triggers and then you're into rage or um yeah getting angry or you cannot control yourself anymore because you put your emotions away all the time and you don't feel it or you don't handle it in the right way and yeah that can be yeah really affect mental health as well yeah and i think the the yeah worst part about it is that you don't know why right yeah you don't know why you because it's so um the emotions you have because you have emotions every day every day you cannot you cannot um avoid them it's not it's not something which is uh not there it's always there it's always there and it depends on how you aware you made yourself about it and how you are handle these emotions because otherwise they will be like yeah deeper get deeper and deeper into your emotional backpack so to speak and um yeah at some point in your life it comes out and you don't know where these emotions came from because it's so it was so um long ago when this emotion arises at some point yeah. yeah and you also already mentioned it um i mean it can be kind of an intro maybe there's another word but uh, intro to mental health and whatever way it, it might be right um, positive or yeah most of the time negative wise so maybe do you have an example or, or what what are you doing to to keep on track um yeah or to keep up front with your emotional mm -hmm. backpack yeah 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 that's that's really good um I established a few routines and I think everyone has its own, uh, has their own routines to establish. There's just some suggestions from my side, which really helped me. And to really keep it simple, because a lot of often psychologists um, recommend these kind of things, but I did a, li a list at the very beginning and really made bullet points where, and tried things out and really tried to figure out, okay, what works well, what doesn't work well for me. And in the end, it, it was things like um, having a walk, for example. Um, I have my own Spotify list, which is called Soul Playlist. So that's for my inner soul. These are, mm. there are songs in there, for example, which I feel emotionally connected to. And I really know, okay, when I hear this song, this opens up my heart, so to speak. So I really have trigger, active trigger points and really take time to yeah, to feel the emotion when I, for example, when I have some spare time or in the evenings or something, um, I meditate a lot. This is mm. also something. So especially when there is um, emotional crisis, so to speak, when I broke up with a boyfriend, <laughs> sounds like I broke up with someone every two weeks, but something like this, for example. <laughs> we, we got the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like this, and then I meditate a lot, and really like being aware, and that this is a crisis, for example. Or also, I think I mentioned this in my podcast as well because it's very, very personal. Uh, I'm uh, I had a divorce, and this was a very, very tough time for me afterwards. When even when I broke up uh, the relationship, it was even then it was a really tough time. And um, that was also the time when I started meditating and giving space and room for these kind of emotions. And it helps you through better through crisis. And then there is no, no harsh feelings left afterwards or not that much. Of course, there will be, all be always the memories. You will always remember some things and these will always um, trigger some emotions, but not in a level where you cannot handle them anymore. 
Yeah. So, so, so what would you say? Um, so first, thank you for sharing that, um, this, um, and being that open. Um, so would you say, um, self-reflection being self-aware and dealing proactively or directly with those emotions is the key? Yeah. And I think every one of us has the potential for a few people it might be easier because how they were born, how they were raised or maybe how they grew up. Um, for more people might be a little bit more difficult because I also spoke to people who said like, when I try to feel my feelings, there's like an inner obstacle. I cannot go across this obstacle. It's like a big, big wall. I cannot go behind it. So this is something where I was saying, okay, maybe other tools or support is needed in your case. But I think in general, every one of us has the potential and um, should do this. Yeah. So, so, so I'm wondering, what would you say, um, what role plays mental health in general's life? So from a personal perspective, I mean, you, we already scratched it kind of, but also from a professional point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's everything, right? Mental health, because, um, how we're, because it really depends and is strongly connected how we are working today and how we will work in the future. And if you, yeah, read some books, maybe how, yeah, the work or the labor market will look like in 10 years from now or 100 years from now, the development, the trend will always go more into the direction that everything will be more automized. There were a lot of, a lot of, a lot more tech and um, things like, um, yeah, everything will be, so we will really be close and work more closely with technology. That's, that's the future. And that's where we are heading to. And the difference, what the human or the human mind makes, what, what's the difference is creativity. And creativity only can happen when there's space, when there's room, and when your mind is healthy. So that's, that's the base for it. So um, in a professional way, I would say, yes, mental health, but first and foremost, always privately. And then in a second step, of course, professionally. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think uh, we both agree when I say no job is worth your, your mental health, but not just your mental health, um, also your happiness. And I mean, so, uh, some people might uh, find happiness in, in the jobs, right? But I think the majority finds um, the happiness um, outside of it. And yeah, for whomever it may seem uh, more appropriate, then please choose whatever is best for you. But uh, yeah, no, um, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe one, one more comment regarding um, your, your, your podcast. I really like the, um, the second sentence. Uh, so first you have life of Jen and then um, how now? Yeah. So, sorry. Real and close. Real and close. Yeah. And I think, I mean, when I think about real and close, it's about authenticity, right? And I think this is really um, yeah, coming through or I, I feel it when I uh, listen to, to, to your episode. So you have done a great job or you're doing a great job. And uh, I will um, keep, uh, keep beside you as a um, subscriber. So thank <laughs> you for that. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe um, coming to, to a different topic, um, we already scratched the podcast. We already scratched, um, or maybe another question for the podcast. I'm quite interesting. You know, when I, when I started the podcast, I wasn't really pre-producing, right? So the craziest thing what happened was, um, you know, I committed to um, publish an episode every Friday. And the craziest thing was 
I was uh, in the office on a Friday um, in the morning. I think it was 8 a.m. and I recorded an episode. Uh, an episode, <laughs> and this was like, um, yeah, it was uh, kind of crazy. But uh, lucky, or I was lucky because no one was in the office at this time. So <laughs> it was, I had my own, um, yeah, um, recording studio. But anyway, so now I'm pre-producing, and um, as we are talking today, um, it's not the same day as it will be published. So good for me for my mental health i made adjustments but how did you deal with it um when when when, when you start the, the podcast maybe thinking about the structure maybe thinking about the approach i think you're also having a different kind of approach right because you're having um, seasons also if not if i'm not mistaken yeah 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 100 a really good question so i did it i think a little bit i'm i'm so an analytical and structured person. So when I first started my podcast, I did a lot of research how to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really followed the step-by-step -step list, really. I did every task step-by-step -step, and they recommended at that point to yeah, pre-record some things or to prepare it in advance, like five, six or seven episodes in advance. And that's how I did it first for the first season. And you might hear the difference. So it's really structured. I made um, yeah, a really structured script. I prepared. I researched in books to really have a good uh, knowledge foundation when I'm sharing this. And that's may maybe also the reason why the first season is mainly about um, um, philosophical um, basics, so to speak. And then it turned out, okay, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it bored me. <laughs> it was a little bit boring. And I was saying like, okay, because there was also very, very positive feedback about the emotional hygiene episode, mm -hmm. not only from you, also from other people who reach out to me and say like, that was such a cool episode. And I was thinking, okay, that was maybe the one episode which was a little bit out of the order, out of the structure, because um, it, was, it was maybe more intuitive and I shared a lot of personal stuff in there. And I was thinking, okay, maybe I have really, I have to be a lot more approachable and a lot more close when I share things which, yeah, go through my mind or which I have in mind right now. And that was the point. I, th I think it started somewhere in season two that, yeah. And now it's like, okay, I made a um, an, yeah, kind of experience and uh, get an insight out of it. And I was thinking, okay, maybe that's worth to do a podcast about it. And then I start doing it and then I publish it right away. So that's my current approach. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting, right? I mean, um, when when you think about having your, um, or when you start, you think you are the expert, you have the perfect approach, the perfect structure and everything, right? And then I think, I mean, for, for, for me, when I think about it, also not just from from your story just now right but also from mine and and other um, people in so this what you've just mentioned is the theory right so you approach it with a structure etc etc right which is well and uh, necessary and so on right but i think the the real authenticity and this is what makes you unique and your podcast unique or your whatever unique right is really happening i think when you yeah, when you get the feedback and when you think about it, so self-reflection also is a key here, I would say, and being self-aware how your, yeah, how your, um, whatever you create um, is being um, received, right? So this is very interesting because you also grow as a person per se during mm -hmm. this time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think I kind of had the same, same idea in mind. And also I think a lot of people can resonate with what I'm, yeah, what I'm experiencing or what I'm talking about because it's so strongly connected to me. And because we're talking about very sensitive topics as well, because it's connected to my daily life. I think it's better to just talk about me and not making assumptions and like make generic uh statements like everyone is uh, dealing with this or that and everyone should do this or that to solve it so it's really like um you can decide if you resonate with what i'm talking about and then um maybe you can put one or two ideas or uh thoughts out of it and use it for yourself so that's that's the idea but one question how do you do it do you prepare everything <laughs> Oh, you're not in the interviewer. Okay, you're. In no, 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 no. All good, all good. I mean, this is a conversation, right? No, no. It's not an interview um, per se, right? So, but, but maybe park this question for now. I just wanted to to drop something, right? Okay. So before we started the conversation and when we were in in the cafe and uh, we're talking about it in theory, right? What we would do in practical. Um, you mentioned, yeah, uh, Christian. You know English. I'm not sure, and so on and so on, right? Your English is much better than mine. So please stop, <laughs> stop, stop whatever it is yeah please can you ask the question again i i, I did forget <laughs> it. yeah but I'm, i'm dealing also with native speakers all day and um, it really depends on my mood how well my english is so. <laughs> okay yeah. Um, yeah i just wanted to ask <laughs> how you structure yourself so how do you prepare for for each episode or is it pre-recorded a few weeks in advance That's a good question. So as already mentioned, right, uh, last year when I started, so maybe a little bit uh, going going um, further back. Um, so it all started with the idea in, in summer last year, right? And uh, from thinking about it to really doing it was a long time. <laughs> so I planned everything and my thoughts, etc. but I really didn't um, start it. And um, the key was then, it sounds like... <laughs> It sounds like a, a story or whatever, but one day <laughs> I just started <laughs> and I hit the record button <laughs> and then it was there. Right. And I yeah. also um, made um, a LinkedIn post and saying that it's a uh, kind of um, yeah um, public now and that every Friday um, a new episode is coming. So it was kind of a commitment making this uh, announcement uh, publicly on LinkedIn. <laughs> mm. so, but sometimes uh, you need a little bit of um, external motivation, I would say. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah. And, and the craziest thing was then doing it, uh, doing the uh, recording uh, on a Friday, for Friday, for the same day. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, don't ask me what what uh, in what kind of mental state I was. So this was kind of interesting, but it was a journey, a learning, right? As my mentor would say, a learning opportunity, and I'm quite uh, open to learning opportunities. So lucky, learning lucky, yeah. Yeah, and, and this year I, I thought about it and I, I also thought, okay, um, I don't want to have this um, same kind of mental mental um, state anymore. And I thought about doing it um, in a more structured way, right? So I was uh, reaching out to, to a, a friend of mine who is working for, um, for an agency. So I hope I, I don't say it wrong, Miri, right? So if then I'm apologizing. But uh, there I did get, um, um, for example, also a social media coaching which was kind of interesting. It it was uh, blowing my mind. I think I did a post on LinkedIn, uh, which, which says um, working full-time and um, studying part-time, no problem. Uh, working full-time and doing this and this, no problem. Working full-time and doing the social media coaching, 
mind blowing. <laughs> so this was really was really um, um, interesting. Yeah, but um, another thing is then also, um, yeah, really um, pre-producing, right? And it's also interesting how to to get the inspiration for for um, episodes, right? Um, I don't know how how are you getting it, but for example, I use uh, LinkedIn a lot, right? Um, I mean, um, we talk to um, interesting pers uh, persons um, all day long, right? But usually they are not the the people we are talking to in episodes, right? But but I, what I wanted to say is that we are used to we are used to it talking to people, right? And we are kind of um, yeah open or we are more likely to approach people we are we don't have this kind of um yeah kind of boundaries or whatsoever right and um, it's really interesting for example i um, asked um, an, an old colleague um from a previous company and now we have uh, this uh, thursday in the evening um and a, a recording right mm. and he's in the us so i was like hey i'm flexible regarding time <laughs> but don't do uh, 11 uh, pm cet please <laughs> yeah but he he was quite flexible no but um yeah i think pre-producing um, as you've already mentioned um is a kind of a good thing regarding also mental health so uh Maybe we uh, should have uh, had the conversation earlier before I started, but, but 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 sometimes you just have to go through it, right? And then you are a much wiser person at the end. So. <laughs> yeah, setting boundaries is also part of men, um, yeah, becoming or getting a better mental health. Yeah. Um, maybe coming to an, uh, to a different topic, um, and just uh, now for for real, so there's no other question on my mind. <laughs> But um, regarding um, women at uh, LinkedIn, for example, or women at uh, ServiceNow, right? So you're also um, in such an um, yeah, ESG, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're called... Why are you there? Mm, yeah, they're uh, called uh, LinkedIn because I'm working at LinkedIn. I think we never talked about it, but I'm working at LinkedIn. I'm a recruiter there or slash uh, sourcer. And we have also as ServiceNow um, employee resource groups. So that's how, it, how it's called at LinkedIn. And I'm part of Women at LinkedIn since last year, summer. And there I'm program manager for the Inspire Pillar. That's how it's called, which means like I'm doing and supporting quarterly speaker series. So every quarter I do minimum one internal event for all employees around women and women and career, women and mental health, women and biases, women and, um, yeah. So everything around these kind of things. And, um, yeah, I really love this because, um, LinkedIn gives the, or gives the opportunity to, to, yeah, give space and room for topics, which normally don't have space within a professional environment. So this, that's really, really cool. I really love that. Yeah. But shouldn't they have space? I mean, besides LinkedIn, right? And in general speaking, should shouldn't they have space, and shouldn't they be seen as normal? Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of things should be daily business, so to speak, especially when we're talking maybe about women in this in this instance, because, for example, how work structures or frameworks for working are built is mainly for men. And there are some countries, for example, which um, gives you day offs or women day offs when they have the period because it's scientifically proven that they are not, they cannot deliver on these kind of days or they deliver better when they have a few days off during their period. 
and then coming back to work refreshed and not feeling under pressure and not stressed because they might not reach their targets or cannot hit their weekly goal or something. So this should be really part of every work environment. And having these kind of groups like employee resource groups, it's just an initiative to get this goal starting that at some point, maybe in the future, we have a different framework, a different design of how we're working together. But first we need to sit at the table and talk about the topics and yeah. have a place, a, a seat at the table. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I mean, it's, it's very um, important um, what, what you do for in, in, in this example, right? And um, as you also mentioned, I think there are a lot of things which uh, should be normal, but aren't, right? And isn't it quite interesting when things should be normal, but aren't, and then there are people who are saying, why are we talking about this? Why is this, why is this even um, a topic? It should be normal, right? But as it should be normal, but isn't, then we should talk about it. Okay. That was difficult. And I, <laughs> I need a little break because I need to do some things because I had a cold last week and I need to take two minutes. Yeah. Uh, come, coming back to my question. So I think I ha also have to think about the question I asked, um, but I uh, hope you're doing well and I'm doing better. Um, so the question, what I wanted to ask is basically, isn't it quite interesting when there are things which should be normal, but aren't, and then there are people who are saying, why are we talking about such stuff? Which, because it should be normal, right? Why are we giving so much attention to it? It's kind of con contraproductive, but at the end, because there are people like this, it's kind of important and needed that we talk about such stuff for example women right yeah maybe then you and me belong to a group which is might be 10 percent of all people in the world we are very idealistic maybe because i would cut myself to the idealistic persons which means like i have an ideal idea of how things should be in my mind because i think that it would be better for everyone but not everyone is like us, right? Not everyone has idealistic ideas and maybe we're wrong in some, some instances. So you, maybe you know, we're not, we don't know everything. And there's always, I think there's always a truth to everything. Even when you, how can I say it? We are, we live in a dual world. We're getting really philosophical right now because I think we real, we live in a world where everything has two poles, two sides, like black and white back and forth, up and down, like yin and yang, for example. So there's always a positive and a negative about stuff. So maybe ideal, being idealistic is like having a really good idea how, how things should go. And that's the reason why we, you and me are talking about women at, uh, I don't know, women at work, women in their career and how things could change. And that's good because we're, we're the one who push things forward which doesn't mean that all our ideas are correct because sometimes um, it's better to stay at a certain point to create some learnings or deepness or um, to rethink things or I don't know. So there could, might be several reasons for this. Does, did this answer your question? It does. And I think I agree with you. Yeah, because at the end, um, 
it's kind of um, relative, right? And no one knows knows everything. And uh, I don't want to say that uh, I, for example, know know everything, right? But um, yeah, it, it's a good perspective, definitely. What do you think about what do you think about um, that skills are replacing a job, college or a college degree? Mm. Yeah, I did my homework. I read your post from months <laughs> ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it will be the future, skills first hiring, but we really have to be cautious what we define as a skill because there are things like, for example, and this is a met methodological skill, I think that uh, skills first hiring will be the future of hiring, but it really depends how you define uh, skills because you need to be cautious um, because there are, for example, and this is also scientifically proven that you know how to work with stakeholders or you, or you create a work ethic, so to speak, after minimum two years working in a full-time role. So this is something where you created or established the skills um, work ethic or work mindsets in today's work framing um, after two years. And that might be, yeah, a skill which, um, yeah, I don't know, is always a basic skill. So you, or for example, when we talk about degrees, because you mentioned degrees, um, because what you mainly learn um, at university is how to work scientifically. That's how you learn there. And if you can prove somehow different that you're also able to work scientifically, then you don't need to have a degree. That's my opinion. No, no, but no. We, I... But we need to define, sorry, sorry, but we need to find criteria how, how the skills are measured. It, it's just a, maybe a different framework, I think. No, no, I think, um, what, in whatever way it, it, it may come. Right. Um, I think, um, the very important thing is, um, having the, the open mind for something new, right. For a new approach also in terms of how the um, society will, will change in the future and so on. Right. I think there will be much more um, challenges, um, ahead of us, which requires, um, yeah, um, adaptability or adjustments or, or whatsoever, but at least min minimum um, an open mind. So I think this is at least something which we should learn about this um, about about this discussion. Yeah, one hundred percent and resilience, one hundred percent resilience, because resilience is a skill which is strongly connected to all the stuff we talked about today, like to reflect yourself, to be self-aware, to know how to handle change. Um, yeah, and everything everything we talked about today, also like how you you measure success, how you adopt your environment, how you have to, dealing with with change with everything. That's resilience, and this is this is the skill we need to establish more. Yeah, so I think we both agree that resilience is a very important skill, right? Do you have an example for us where you was where you were self uh, reflectiveness or where where, where you um, saw that um, you showed resilience hmm. i i think today it's really like it's already already yeah went over kind of into my daily habits so i would not say that there are any bigger issues or examples but i can tell you an example of maybe at the beginning of my in-house recruiting career because that was 
a point in time where I made a lot of interesting um, experiences in, in recruiting. Um, I said in the very beginning that uh, I'm a very structured and analytical person and maybe also a little bit too idealistic in, in some things. And when I started a few years ago in my first in-house recruiting role, I was I had a very clear idea on how things should go. And I made a plan and I was very, very strict in my consequences and very, very pushy with my stakeholders. Very, very pushy, very, very strict. At some point, my manager came to me and said, like, we're still sitting all in the same boat. We're working into one goal. And if you're so strict, you just create borders and walls instead of creating collaboration and alignment and um, heading in, uh, um, towards the same goal, for example. So you need to adjust your communication and you need to have a more approachable communication. For example, ask questions instead of making statements because that doesn't create borders. It shows curiosity and um, shows that people want to, yeah, that you are, you're willing to, to create a, a, a base, a common base somehow where we can talk about it, where you can align and work together. So that was, this is an example, which is really, really clear in my mind. And I remind myself a lot about this because sometimes when I'm sitting with stakeholders, whatever kind of stakeholder, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, can we just not only do this or that? I know the answer, but then I remind myself and ask a question instead. <laughs> And how does it uh, play out at the end? It's always better. It's always better. So, um, yeah, I made a really good progress in my career. So that was, um, that was really, really good. And it turned out that I was one of the best recruiters and talent acquisition managers because of that, because I found a way how to communicate better with stakeholders and to collaborate better with stakeholders. Yeah, no, that, that, and that's a very good point. Would you also say, or what would you say um, if I say um, that passion, the balance between passion and patience apply to your example? Ooh. Okay. Do you mean that, do, do you want me to go onto one side or position myself on one side? Or what do you mean by this question? Yeah, no, no. Um, the, the, the thing is that you've, you, yeah, in, in your example, you, you've just described, right? It's about, um, yeah, um, being or also dealing with feedback, right? And feedback in whatever way. And in, in, in this example, it was a constructive feedback, which uh, you could have taken, or you could have said, I don't want this feedback, you know, I'm the best and, and whatsoever. But mm. you did take the feedback. And um, so your passion was quite high, but your patience was quite low, right? After the feedback, the balance between passion and patience was in a better state. And then you were you were able to yeah accelerate your development your personal development right yeah yeah would you say yes or no <laughs> i would say yes but it was not like balanced at 50 50 after one example so if you're changing your behavior people are lazy this is a progress a process all the time i think it got better over the last years and i tried every time i tried this approach with asking questions I, I saw that it, I come to better results, quicker results, and I create, yeah, good relationships with stakeholders. So I saw that there is a better outcome in the end, and that made me change my behavior over time, yes. And now I would say I'm rather balanced, yes. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, would you also say that, I mean, as an example, right there, as you mentioned, it's, it's a, it's a long process and you probably are never, uh, will never be at the end of it. Would you also say that it's having also impact on, on your personal branding? How do you mean that? What, what do you mean exactly by that? So, so when you, so you had just, uh, yeah, to describe the example, right. And then you said, okay, it's a progress and so on. Right. And you have better relationships with the stakeholders or with specific stakeholders or mm -hmm. whatsoever. And that at the end, as you have, or because of having better, um, um relationships with the um, stakeholders, your pos positioning or personal brand internally, oh, yeah. but also externally is much better. Mm, good question. I think internally it helped me a lot to position myself better. And therefore, when your position is better within an organization, you will get more or more likely you will get good opportunities to also be visible inside and outside of an organization. So that's what I experienced. So, for example, then my manager saw, okay, she made progress. She got better. She has a, now a really good standing in the company. I go with her to, for example, I don't know, networking events, put her on stage and let her talk because obviously she has something to share because she learned something. And uh, that was really, really cool. And then I got the feedback also from, from outside and I saw, okay, things I'm talking about, it's interesting for people and they want to hear these kind of use cases, examples and stories because they're dealing with the same things and they don't know what to do. And I think it's every time like this when you create a learning. I, I think that's what you want to, to go to. Um, when you create a learning and you share this with others, it, it can be only helpful. I'm not sure why it should not. And sometimes and that's maybe the other side of the coin. And that's something where I feel a little bit frustrated sometimes. There are still people out there who don't want to share their learnings, hmm. who are afraid to share anything they're doing. And they stay at a certain stage and they make no progress and they process don't process and they feel maybe also like i don't know offended or overwhelmed by people who are open to share their stuff and that's that's sometimes a pity that's sometimes sad because they're blocking things often these are often the people who are blocking development and change and optimizations and process Yeah. No, to be honest, when, when I, um, maybe a different example, but uh, to your point, right. So for example, when I, um, when I think about, uh, leaving a company, right. And, um, joining a different one. Um, so not at the moment, right. But in general speaking, um, I also do, uh, do, I also do my due diligence and therefore I also want to know, okay, how is the organization, um, yeah, thinking, what is um, be behind the wheel kind of, what kind of atmosphere is there? What kind of culture is there, right? Um, I mean, um, besides my current company, but what when I talk to people all of the time, at minimum um, in one sentence, there's the um, word culture, right? And it's there for a reason. So yes, at the end, you, you want to work for a company with a great product um, or software or whatsoever, but at the end, It's about the people and mm. the people are creating the culture. And um, yeah, so it's definitely included in, in when I do my due diligence. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I think people-centric cultures or companies are the only organizations I want to be part of. And I'm happy that LinkedIn is. And obviously ServiceNow is also one of them. So that's really cool. Yeah.
No more questions. I mean, I didn't have one uh, any before, but uh, I'm out of I'm out of my thoughts. What, <laughs> what is uh, still on your side? Do you have any oh. anything on your mind? Anything we didn't cover or anything you wanted to share? No, uh, I really liked your questions. So thank you very much for having me. And thank you for asking these kind of questions. I think they're really smart and they go really deep. And that's the reason why you're a good recruiter. So um, yeah, thank you. That's it. And uh, again, luckily it was snowing. So um, thank you for your time, Jennifer. It was a, a pleasure as always. And uh, hope to see you soon in Munich again. Bye-bye. <laughs>